0: Hey, Cole, want to watch a Peter Jackson movie that was filmed in New Zealand and involves various forests and deserts and, and other stuff like that? Yeah! That's right, we're watching The Frighteners. What? It's in the basket. The Writer's Bagel Basket. Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff, you lose. It was Professor Clown. I said Clown. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimo We're in a patch of the starter, the Bernoulli convergenator. If he puts the car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because,
1: remember, no matter where you go,
0: there you are. Scott Curlin, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket and filling in as co-host this week is
1: Cole Walker,
0: hi. (laughs) So uh, this is a bonus, you guys have been so good with showing love for the podcast that we we are doing two bonus Halloween episodes Um, for Shocktober, we did Over the Garden Wall and now we're doing The Frighteners, which is my favorite Halloween movie. So I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. No. <laughs> well, I'm saying that it's better than Hocus Pocus and The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and The Thing and Halloween.
1: Admittedly, I don't care for Charlie Brown that much. Uh, I'm just
0: I... saying, like, of the things that you think of for Halloween. Yeah. But this, this is to me, is like the Halloween movie for me. It's the one that I watch every Halloween. It's my favorite one. Um, it's actually my favorite Peter Jackson movie. I like it better than Lord of the Rings.
1: It's because it has Michael J. Fox in it, doesn't it?
0: Um kind of
1: That's the X Factor.
0: Uh yeah. Uh I mean I love Michael J. Fox. He's one of my heroes. Um I've don I've done a ton of, you know, awareness for, for all that stuff. Like Fox Foundation, I always tell people, donate. I've donated in the past. Um I think he's the greatest. And this this is like I mean, I still love Back to the Future, but this is probably one of my favorite roles for for him and it's the one where he looks less boyish.
1: Yeah, noticeably less boyish.
0: Like he doesn't look Marty McFly-ish. He looks very like almost some of his deliveries are very Tom Cruisey.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps that he he doesn't have the long hair he did in Back to the Future. He's very much not that same. He doesn't have that boyish charm anymore. He's like a man.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, Frighteners is directed by Peter Jackson. It was the film he made after Heavenly Creatures, and it is the film that prevented him from getting a James Bond movie.
1: Not a bad thing.
0: So he was supposed to. He was on like the short list to direct. Um, Tomorrow never dies. I think. I think it was Tomorrow Never Dies or it might have been The World Is Not Enough. And Barbara Broccoli saw a rough cut of The Frighteners because she loved um, Heavenly Creatures, which is the film he made before this one, which was about two lady serial killers, two teenage girls. And she loved that. And then he's like, here, take a look at The Frighteners. And she's like, you're not directing a James Bond movie. Oh, man. Um. So Frighteners is, this is the second movie in Shocktober that we've done that is uh, distributed by and produced by Universal Studios, so the whole premise of the movie, and this feels like a Universal movie, like certain certain studios, you can tell, like Warner Brothers, that that has that old Hollywood feel, like of all their movies. Disney is just family. Universal is usually where you get like, like the sci-fi and the weird.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's very
0: kooky. Yeah, and you got Casper, you got Jaws, you got like. E.T., Universal has a niche market, and, and Frighteners is is no exception. So the premise, do you want to tell a brief synopsis of the premise, Cole?
1: Um, Michael J. Fox's character. Frank Bannister. Frank Bannister is a paranormal investigator who can see, well, he never says it, but he can actually see ghosts, but he's a con man and he just uses his ghost friends to solicit money from people. Because his
0: wife died years ago and in, in the car accident he was in that caused him to end up seeing ghosts um that that whole accident plays a huge part in the whole movie it does it, like you never realize in the beginning like why it is so important it like sets off the crux, but what's going on in the town
1: um so there's this like health epidemic that the town has uh put up that because people who are like 37 or younger are just
0: dying of like random heart attacks that don't make any sense. And these are like healthy people. And <laughs> Frank kind of figures out that it's like this serial killer who years ago was killing people and he, his ghost is now just killing people, which I thought was a really cool premise.
1: Yeah. There's well, the one bit I didn't get is like how did he get out of hell?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go up to Earth to uh, haunt somebody. Okay. <laughs> uh, fine. Um, so th- that's Jake Busey. Like, that's Gary Busey's son. At, at the like, if if there is like a level of Busey-ness, he is. <laughs>
1: he's on like full display here. He
0: he's full Busey. Like, he's go going like his dad territory. Like, he's going Gary Busey crazy in this movie.
1: I mean, the role definitely allows him to do that.
0: I mean, so, when I I met Jake Busey and I got to interview him, Um, he actually likes this movie a lot. He talks about it a lot. And that's all I really... I spent my, like, five minutes interviewing him to talk about this movie.
1: I'm sure it was probably a fun time on set, too.
0: Because, well, they had to move to New Zealand and... New Zealand doesn't really have hotels, so like they were all staying in these cottages. Ooh. I guess. <laughs> Hopperton? Yes, they were staying in the Shire. Um but Peter Jackson, he was like known as a very dark director at the time. He made uh Dead Alive and Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles and Heavenly Creatures. So like this this was like his wheelhouse and it's a ghost story. It's like literally a ghost movie.
1: And he could have gone the gothic horror route, but instead,
0: yeah, it, it it's very comical. Um, I was telling you that this was originally supposed to be an episode of Tales from the Crypt. It definitely feels like it, and it moves like it. Yeah, because Robert Zemeckis produced Tales from the Crypt, and uh, I guess like if you don't know, do you know much about Tales from the Crypt?
1: Uh, so there's the Crypt Keeper. He reads from the book.
0: I mean, like the actual shows that, like the the the. Mini episodes. Like... I've
1: seen a couple of them. The one I remember: there's a guy in a car crash, and he like, gets launched from the car, and he dies, but he doesn't know it. But he comes back like a year later, or something like that, and he's like walking around. Well, there it's an
0: anthology series. Like each episode yeah. is like a mini movie. It's like the Twilight Zone kind of, except yeah. with horror. Um, yeah, but the whole premise was like they got famous directors. Like Robert Zemeckis directed a whole bunch. I think Spielberg did one uh, Joe Dante did a few. So like Peter Jackson was like really hot and fresh at the time because of heavenly creatures. And they, they offered him a chance to do it. And, uh, Zemeckis read the script and he liked it so much. He's like, this can't be an episode of tales from the crypt. And Peter Jackson was like, Oh man. He's like, no, this needs to be a movie. Uh, we're going to go to universal and we're going to make this. And he's like, Oh yay. Nice. Um, so, (laughs) <laughs> it's really hard to find really weird things in this movie to talk about. Like there's plenty, but as I said before, this is like one of my favorite movies. Like it's one of my favorite horror movies. It's one of my favorite horror comedies. Like this is up there with Sean dead for me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really good. Just especially just, I mean, if you're not a big fan of horror movies and you want something that's kind of on the light side of horror, this is definitely the movie for you because it's a good blend of comedy and just enough horror. But there's
0: plenty of stuff that doesn't make sense, and there's plenty of, like, taboo subject matters. Like, the the judge played by John Astin, he's very uh, disgusting. To look at? Not just to look at, but his lines are like, my ectoplasm's not working anymore, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, he's he's got a jawbone that's kind of coming unhinged in the side, and his dog that you meet in the beginning just chews on it when it falls out,
0: and then disappears. Yeah, you <laughs> never see that dog again. You never regardless. see the you never see ghost <laughs> ghost mutt for yeah. any Simpson fans if you know ghost mutt. The, there's an episode of The Simpsons where, um, uh, Itchy and Scratchy find out were created by someone else, and the guy who created Itchy and Scratchy stole it, and his son's like, this is gonna ruin me. Can you come up with a good cartoon? And March goes, Ghost Mutt And he's like, Shut up But there literally is a ghost mutt in this movie.
1: Yeah. Which is sad, he's underutilized. He's just there to gnaw on a bone.
0: Yeah, like I would have liked it for like the ghost dog to like come back and be the one to like like pull on the the Grim Reaper's like cloak, so cloak and like reveal it was Johnny Bartlett or like I guess that's Scooby dooey
1: Yeah, but, like, I feel like it would have been appropriate in this movie.
0: Um, what things don't you like in this? Besides, Um, like, all the Nazi haircuts?
1: Yeah. It's very short.
0: Um, no, it's not. It's an hour and 50 minutes. It always
1: feels short. I don't like the romance. That's what gets me. Oh, okay. It's it's a Disney romance. Yeah, it's so fast and quick. They only know each other for, like, two days, if you count when he first meets, uh, Trinia Alvarado's
0: character, yeah, uh, Doctor Linsky.
1: Doctor Linsky, who... who is
0: based on they—they they took her name from. Uh, her name is Lucy Linsky, and she's her name is taken from Melanie Linsky. Once again, Heavenly Creatures, the actress who uh, starred alongside Kate Winslet in Heavenly Creatures. She's also Rose on Two and a Half Men. That's who Melanie Linsky is. Okay. <laughs> she's been in a whole bunch of stuff. She's in this as like with no lines. <laughs> She's she's the deputy. She's the female deputy. Oh, okay. Um but yeah, uh she's married uh Dr. Linsky is married to a douchebag.
1: Who yeah, has an obsession with Elvis and who kinda looks like Elvis.
0: I I feel like this is like a moment where they need to look at the camera and go, That's not an accident. Yeah. Um yeah, her husband is a health nut and he's a douchebag and like you need to hate him. So that you're okay when, when she ends up with Michael J. Fox.
1: Yeah, because spoiler: alert, someone uh, who is fit and healthy suddenly dies of a heart attack after meeting Michael
0: J. Fox. Okay, daughter. that was another problem in the movie. Is like he's tackling all these people who are fit and healthy, and that's fine. Like that's a great mystery, like that they would have to solve. But then, like one of the guys, I think it's like number thirty-eight or thirty-seven, is a large fat man. <laughs> with a hitler haircut
1: yeah he's like he's not in his 30s he clearly is at that age where a heart attack is not the farthest thing from reality and his
0: only line in the movie go is food's good right yeah (laughs) i'm not fat okay i'm fat and then he has a heart attack like good food huh yes
1: great Well, he's his right. soul is literally ripped from his right, body. But,
0: but I feel like I feel like they would like open him up and they're like, Whoa, uh the the chief of police, this this character actor, he's like, When we open them up, they look like heart attacks, but whoosh, the arteries are clean. I feel like they would look look at this guy and open him up and be like, Oh man, his arteries are so clogged
1: It's like, Yeah, there's a ham bone in there <laughs>
0: uh, this doesn't fit the other MO's. And then like you would have ghost Jake PC me, Oh come on, that's my fault for picking a fat guy.
1: That's it. <laughs> Going after the chief now.
0: Oh man. Yeah, the chief is like I can never tell if he's on the side of Michael J. Fox or if he's like, you know, he's like oh he's a poor man who's been through a lot and he's like, Frank Bannister is a dangerous man. You just said he's been through a lot and leave him alone, like
1: Make up your mind. Make
0: up your goddamn mind.
1: It's like yeah the chief's uh he hasn't been the same after his uh his colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little
0: off, a little out there. Um I just love so that there's I would say there's four villains in the movie. Um two are the main ones, but then you have like the news um the newspaper manager, editor. She she's trying to prove that Frank is a con man. And then you have um uh patty's mom the old lady the 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 one who has the Bette midler haircut from who looks like uh gary oldman's character from brom stoker's dracula i was thinking uh bet midler from from hocus pocus
1: yeah but she's got like the the part in the i mean yeah. you're not wrong in that respect but i always thought of gary b uh gary oldman's character
0: yeah she she has that haircut she's got the buns on her head
1: yeah <laughs> looks like a butt Looks like a bu- she looks like mom from Futurama.
0: She does look like mom from Futurama. Boys! Boys, um, so you have she's a she's a red herring villain. You think that she's abusing her daughter, but then like the two main villains are um, Patty and Johnny Bartlett, John Charles Bartlett, which I guess they're trying to make it like John Wayne Gacy, yeah, or, or like yeah, a name like that. But, how do I put this? Patty is played by D. Wallace, who is the mom from E.T., so every time I see this movie, I'm like, no, E.T.'s mom. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, you hate, okay, I gave Haley an opportunity to badmouth E.T. This is your one moment to get on your soapbox, so I'm going to give you two minutes. You can talk about how much you ha- hate E.T. starting now.
1: He looks like a wrinkled nutsack.
0: Anything else? You have like another minute and fifty-eight seconds.
1: It's overrated and overplayed.
0: Anything else?
1: I just don't care for it. Why? Because I don't
0: like it. It. It's a. I don't get. I don't get you guys. Like, you guys were our '90s kids. Like you were, you were born in the '90s. I was born in the late '80s and grew up with ET's. So to me, it's, it's canon. Yeah, Yeah. you got to say something else. Defend yourself.
1: Listen, I just I think it's there's better sci-fi that's been made since then.
0: Also, she looks younger in this movie than she did in E.T.
1: Does she? Yeah. Yeah. That's saying something. It's
0: really weird how, how, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, she's also supposed to be like a Patty Hearst type of.
1: We're also going over something in the fact that Weta is this is like their first film you said. Yeah, right?
0: they were still under the Industrial Light and Magic title, but like this was one of their first. I think they worked on this and I think I mentioned on ET also. Um Yeah, so this is what she looked like. Sorry guys, you can't see, but this is what she looked like on ET.
1: Yeah.
0: She looks so much younger in this movie.
1: I think it's cuz she has long hair.
0: She looks so old in ET, and she looks so young in this movie. And like she's, she's kind of vivacious.
1: <laughs> well, there's that whole thing where she plays the the victim very well, and then when Jake Busey's character shows up, John Bartlett in the ghost, she's very uh. You can say it. She's she's yearning for that ghost.
0: She's ghost horny. She's ghost horny. Guys, as we said in Casper. Ghosts are horny too. It, like, like this is the epitome. Like, um, what's his name? The judge is super horny. Chi uh, McBride's character, who uh, is it, Luther or Lewis or? I feel
1: bad because I can't remember. His name. I can't
0: remember his character's name. I remember Jim Fipes' character is Stu. I just call him Afro Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a black exploitation film, Afro Ghost, killing pimps and solving crimes as a ghost.
1: Ghost, ghost, ghost? Afro.
0: I, I said Afro Ghost. Afro Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, th- that's another thing that they brought up, and they like barely cover it. If you die in your clothes, whatever you're wearing when you die, that's what you are in as a ghost. And I guess he was at a disco. <laughs> When he died?
1: Yeah, he's got the whole like he's got the peace necklace. He's got got the blazer with. No, him. no, it's not a
0: peace necklace. No, oh, it's not. It's the male symbol.
1: Oh, is it? I only saw. I thought it was a peace symbol. No,
0: it's the male symbol with a peace sign. And
1: you gotta wonder how exactly he died. Did he just die of like cocaine? I'm
0: I'm pretty sure he died of cocaine. Like, hey, try some of this. Hmm. Well, okay, I've, I've never done it before. It's not gonna kill me, is it? Nah. Okay, here we go. Oh uh, no! <laughs> that was his first bump. <laughs> yeah, he he totally died of cocaine.
1: Um, Stu's character, I'm very curious as to what he died of because
0: I, okay, I've seen this movie twenty times now. I'm pretty sure if you look at his face, there's blood coming out of his nose. I'm pretty sure, and he's supposed to be like a nerdy, like bookworm. He's he clearly died in the fifties because he's wearing a Letterman's like chess club sweater. So I think that he got beat up. I think like a bunch of jocks beat him up to death.
1: That would make sense. I guess.
0: I mean, that's all I can think of unless like he's one of those those victims of like 1950s like know the car accident like uh videos that they would make like red asphalt. No. <laughs> like for safety driving like uh, Stu and Vivian were going to Lover's Lane when oh. he took the wrong turn. Like, that. Like So either he was beat up by a bunch of jocks or he was thrown from a car. But his hat would be off if that was the case.
1: That makes sense. He's always sick as a ghost. He has like the worst existence as a ghost. <laughs> My
0: sinuses. You're dead. I know. Take some ghost antihistamines.
1: Like, he gets out of Michael J. Fox's car in the beginning and he immediately vomits.
0: Oh yeah, that's when Michael J. Fox is kind of a dick because like he goes mm, and then Michael J. Fox goes
1: mm. I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, but that's what sets him off. That's what makes him puke. Yeah. He's such <laughs> a dick.
1: And one of the... uh Chai McBride's character... Chi McBride. Chi McBride. Uh, his character only wants cigars.
0: Yeah, he wants cigars. No, he also wants, like, scotch and a steak and stuff. Like,
1: and a change of clothes. Because he hates the fact that he's still, still dressed in 70s clothes. <laughs>
0: Uh G-, G McBride in one scene in this movie, he does like a full on Bobcat weight impression. Because uh so So when when they're when the killer ghost um is on his killing spree, the one person that looks guilty is Frank, which I don't understand how they jumped to that conclusion.
1: The man died before he entered the museum.
0: And not just that, but like the guy these people are having heart attacks how can frank kill someone and make it look like a heart attack
1: it's very much one of those i th- like
0: the only the only explanation would be he would have to give them adrenal like like uh insulin between their toes so he would literally have to take their socks off and put insulin in their toes and that would cause a fake heart attack i only know this from watching so much dateline
1: yeah Uh, One of the things we haven't gone over is the fact that everyone in the town hates him.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make sense because they think he murdered his wife.
1: Because he was in a car accident, his wife was thrown from it, and she got a... A
0: 13 carved into the temple of her head.
1: Because you find out sometime later that John Bartlett...
0: Yeah, Johnny Bartlett um, killed 12 people before he was sent to the electric chair. Him and Patty went on a killing spree in the hospital that her father... I guess her father was like... They said the headmaster, so I'm guessing it was a teaching hospital?
1: Something like that. Um, probably he, like, maybe advised over the trainees or something in the hospital, maybe. He was, like, training them.
0: Um, I guess, but, like, they, they killed 12 people, which, like, they were never confirmed as, like, a murder couple. Like, she was an accomplice, but he wouldn't have killed 12 people. It, it looked like she was killing more people than he was.
1: Yeah, I think you only ever see him like hit, kill three people.
0: Yeah, you see him kill three people, and then like as, as the Grim Reaper, he kills, um, uh, three or all, four. Well, no, he kills the other twenty-eight. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, we didn't even we haven't even got into my favorite character, Jeffrey Combs. Oh God. So, the fact that there are two people in this movie that have Hitler's haircut. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Combs, who's Agent Danvers.
0: Yeah, but the the guy who has a heart attack, I don't understand why Peter Jackson has, like, two people in this movie who have very Nazi haircuts. It's very, like, it makes sense for him, because he kind of looks like a Gestapo, like like Sergeant Jeffrey oh. Combs as Agent Danvers, who is an FBI agent of the occult.
1: Yeah, he definitely looks like that's probably what was his in to, like, a Nazi death cult or something.
0: Yeah. That that had to be the case because he's covered, I guess he's covered everything from like the Mansons to, uh, I think they said, what was the cult they said? Uh, it wasn't Waco. I have no idea. But he covered like more uh cult murders than any other FBI agent, and he's dealt with like the occult, and he has all of these scars on his body. So I guess like they. Once he gets into the cult as an FBI agent, he lets them like sexually abuse him and carve him up.
1: Yeah, he has a weird uh Okay, so like he's afraid of women when they scream or when they yell at him. Yeah, he, he clearly had up. like a bad relationship with his mom.
0: <laughs> I don't want to think about this character. So, he's played by Jeffrey Combs, who if you know Jeffrey Combs, he is in a little horror movie classic called Reanimator.
1: Is he the reanimator? Yeah,
0: he's the reanimator. Okay. He's the doctor who creates the reanimator serum. um, And that's his big claim to fame, and that's why he's in this movie. And he is by far one of my favorite things. Him and Michael J. Box are like the two best things.
1: Yeah, just because he's so busy. Biz- he's like the he's the foil of Frank Bannister.
0: Yeah, he truly is. Um, He doesn't know why he hates Frank. He's like, I just hate that guy. Why? He seems like a nice guy. No, nah, he's a dick.
1: He's investigated the car accident that he was in heavily without like anyone he literally just enters the movie because like oh this is special agent danvers he's just here i took
0: a train i was supposed to take a plane but i I took the train okay i I got problems (laughs) i got lots of problems see my hitler haircut chief why is he here i don't know he just showed up
1: i owe him a favor (laughs)
0: The okay, the chief of police is is very much like Chief Wiggum.
1: Yeah, he also has like an unhealthy obsession with Frank because he's always wants to cooperate with him on cases. It's like you're the chief of police, you Frank, should Frank, what
0: do you know about Ouija boards? Not a lot. <laughs> oh,
1: I was thinking we could cooperate and write a book.
0: Hey Frank, how's it going? I just wanted to ask you about aren't you supposed to hate me? Nah man. Nah, no, we're cool. He's he's like the uh, the old hormone monster from Big Mouth. Yeah. It's so sad when he
1: tries to muffle him in that show. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. If you haven't watched uh, Big Mouth season two, uh, Nick tries to kill his hormone monster with a pillow. It's kind of sad, but uh, yeah, I feel I feel like. Um, the chief or the sheriff is like Frank is like Frank's hormone monster because like he makes all these bad decisions. And Frank's like, yeah, we're not doing that.
1: He's like, oh, dang it.
0: <laughs> right, you're the man, Frank. I mean...
1: I feel like the chief of police probably saw Ghostbusters when he was younger. Yeah, I was like, thinking that. With he's it.
0: like, oh, yeah, I'm going go to go... Uh, we, we haven't even talked about the town, but, yeah, the chief clearly saw Ghostbusters too many times. And he's like, I'm going to go to a small town with a lot of uh weird history and in the occult and i'm gonna be chief of police there but the town is supposed to be like this new england massachusetts town like, and it's not or like new hampshire and it clearly looks like new zealand like the beaches the, the, the gorgeous hill vistas like this is not new england I... we live in new england <laughs> if if there was a town that looked like this I would have moved there by now.
1: Yeah, like, the... I got distracted during the flashback of the horrific car accident, because when they do it, not it's only... It's near the Buggleberry Fair. Yeah, like, it looks like the enchanted elf forest that they're walking through at the end of the Fellowship of the Ring. It's,
0: it's literally, like, five seconds away from being, uh, Ribbondale.
1: I ex- half expected, like, when Frank's, like, on the ground in the flashback for them to, like, pan over, and there's just a bunch of elves like, oh, that was bad. You guys okay?
0: Okay. <laughs> Well, you see his his wife <laughs> fall to her death and then like in the distance you just see Boromir getting like twenty arrows into the back. Oh, <laughs> oh man, we need to get out of this forest. A lot of bad stuff happens. <laughs> Mr. Frodo <laughs> It's my son <laughs> Come along, little hobbits. Oh no, there's a Michael J. Fox.
1: <laughs> oh, we can't go this way. We're going around those mountains.
0: <laughs> um, the sad thing about this movie is this is the film that that made michael j fox stop making movies because he made made this at the same time that he made mars attacks and mars attacks he was like there for like two days and i'm still a little strenuous on him but this one was such a strain on him and uh his the beginning conditions of like uh severe uh, parkinson's disease that he's like i'm not doing movies anymore
1: that's off (laughs) (laughs) sorry sneeze i'm sorry you were saying? And it's so sad because he's, he's a legitimately talented actor. Like
0: He's so good. This is, in my opinion, don't fight me, nerds, but this might be his best role. I love Marty McFly. I truly do. But Marty doesn't really do anything except cocking up the timelines. That's all Marty really does. Frank Bannister actually does stuff.
1: He saves an entire town.
0: He truly does. And um, Michael J. Fox was his first choice, was Peter Jackson's first choice. And if he couldn't get Michael J. Fox, he was going to settle for Tom Cruise, is what he said. Normally, Michael J. Fox, like like in Mars Attacks, he got the role because Tom Cruise said no. Normally, Michael J. Fox is, is the one they get when they can't get Tom Cruise. So the fact that they they wanted him over Tom Cruise boggles my mind he's so underutilized and underappreciated yeah like michael j fox to me is my tom cruise like 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 the way tom cruise was idolized back in the 90s that that was michael j fox to me then and now and he gives a very tom cruise performance here
1: yeah without like being too hokey about
0: it yeah like um when he when he says uh Dr. Linsky, I'm on my way. Like the way he it's very Tom Cruisey. If you look at uh Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, which came out two months before this one, very similar performances. Like they're very similar.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't do that whole Dr. Linsky, like he's like exasperated Michael J. Fox. Yeah,
0: he's not he's not Hey man, like he's not No. He he's like he's almost Alex P. Keatony Michael J. Fox, like, and it's it's really good to see it, it. It's great to see him have like such range, I guess, and then it gets cut so short.
1: Yeah, um. So we're also forgetting that he dies twice in this movie, or well, he comes very close. To no, this... he dies twice. <laughs> twice. In he this
0: literally movie. dies twice because he has to cryo freeze himself to try and catch the, the um, the, the Reaper. Reaper, but. He, I was saying to you, he, um, he can't stop the Reaper because he's not dead. He can only see it. So the only way to stop it, a ghost, I guess, can hit another ghost, except that's not true because he's punching ghosts left and right in this movie. He, he punches Melanie, not Melanie, Lucy's, uh, dead husband at dinner, who, that guy is a dick, we'll, we'll get, pin that, we'll get back to that, um, he, he sprays uh, the bug spray in Stu's face, which that is so graphic. When Stu's It
1: literally face. disintegrates his face. It's gross. It it's blows gross. it out the back. So
0: so why can't he do that with, with Johnny Bartlett as the green, Grim Reaper?
1: Maybe because he's got evil ghost physics.
0: I get <laughs> ghost physics. Um, yeah. I just... His solution to try and um, fight the Grim Reaper is, I got to have an out-of-body experience. And then he puts a gun to his head. Whoa.
1: (laughs) Let's take it down a notch
0: there. Yeah, that's a little too extreme. You're going to kill yourself so then you can fight this guy? No. You have a gun to your head. (laughs) I I do love the solution. She's like, no, we're going to Walt Disney you.
1: Oh, God. Yeah.
0: They cryo freeze him,
1: and uh, he, there's a the the I like the sequence where he does fight the Reaper. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, um, when when he gets cryo frozen, Jeff Combs comes back and kidnaps Dr. Linsky so that Frank stays dead. Like that that's his whole plan.
1: Yep, and then he's kind of fighting intermittently for the Reaper, and then we you cut back to. What was her name? I forget. Lucy. Lucy. Uh, Trini Alvarado. Where she's driven to the graveyard by...
0: Uh, yeah. What's his name? Agent Danvers. Agent Danvers. and um,
1: While well, Michael J. Fox is fighting this thing.
0: Yeah, and the Michael J. Fox gets into the car because they lose him. Um, Michael J. Fox... Oh, we, we glossed over the fact that the mm. Reaper can kill other ghosts. He kills... Everyone. Arlie Army. Yeah, we haven't even talked... I... I don't know if he did, but I mean it's implied. But um, Arlie Army, I guess, is the the care the ghost caretaker of the cemetery, and I think that's why because the other ghosts can't transform into other outfits, but he he goes into a boxing outfit, uh, SWAT gear,
1: to full on Vietnam combat vet. Yeah, like he's got two M sixties.
0: So I think we were talking about this. I think they do that because. He is um he's, he's like appointed he's appointed to protect this cemetery, so I guess that like they had to add ghost physics to him, like special ghost physics to him,
1: yeah, also he um all the ghosts that you see in this movie, they eventually start weeping ectoplasm, and he's the only one who doesn't he does not,
0: so I think that he is like special. he's- he's special
1: we it's... also like to believe that he is the same staff sergeant. Yeah,
0: I, bu- I believe, like, after after uh, Vincent D'Onofrio killed him in full metal jacket, this is where he went. How the hell did I end up in New Zealand, Massachusetts?
1: Well, you never served in Vietnam. And it's like he's being read over by, like, the subordinate o- or uh, superior officer in heaven at the yeah. gate.
0: Yeah, I, I just feel like, um, even though all the other ghosts get killed by the Reaper, I feel like he gets, like, Killed, but not killed. I. I don't think his soul. I think he just like regenerates back. Like eventually, he'll be back in the graveyard.
1: The ghosts so were like, "Who's gonna be in charge now?" And the, the the janitor or the one with twelve carbons says, "Like I'll do it." And he he's about to take up his army cap, and then he just comes back.
0: What the hell are you doing? Get back in your cemetery. No man. <laughs> he's
1: incredibly like you'd think it'd be fun to be a ghost to wander around and everything. And then there's that guy who literally says, just stay in your coffin. Yeah. With your dead body.
0: Yeah. that That's just messed up. So that's when Frank, um, after Ar- Arlie Army is dead, but not dead. Who knows? He picks up like the ghost machine guns. And that's how he, I guess, disintegrates the, um, the Reaper. And then you find out that it's Johnny Bartlett. (laughs) Johnny Bartlett. I thought guys like you frightened hell. (laughs) I got out, Frank. (laughs) I've been carrying on the good work. Got me a score of 40. (laughs) And... I was saying to you, I guess that his sickle is like the elder one because Frank defeats him, I guess he can hold it now because as soon as he picks it up, like it it sucks up the reaperness out of Johnny Bartlett, and Frank has complete control of it,
1: yeah, and it never comes into play again because he he no. never
0: has the sickle again, so I guess it's like the elder one, it truly is,
1: yeah, Michael J. Fox, oh, that means in the afterlife he gets to wield it.
0: <laughs> see i was saying to you that they should make like a amazon or netflix like they're they're making like all these tv shows in the movies this would be a great one to do it's very ripe for the picking i mean you, you could expand the character of frank banister um it, it, it would just be like a really good show i I feel like or a limited series like you could easily do this as as a netflix show especially since netflix is canceling all of the marvel shows
1: yeah People love Stranger Things so much, you Need you like another supernatural one, but I, you need something to off put it. I th- I think this, this would be a good world. one.
0: This would be a good one to do. And like I was saying to you, like James Roday would be like the perfect Frank Bannister. He would be so good. He would be so good. If you're a fan of psych, anyone.
1: Please. James <laughs> Roday.
0: Um, but yeah, when, when Frank is about to finally get rid of Johnny Bartlett for good.
1: He is revived.
0: He is revived, and every time I've seen that, even as a kid, I was like, "Son of a bitch!" This was one of the first R-rated movies I saw in theaters. Oh. Like, like my dad's like, "Uh, you better not have nightmares." I'm like, "I won't." Then, I'm like two AM. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I the part where um when they get to the end where um Agent Danvers is chasing them because uh we find out that Patricia. Yeah, Patty. Patty has the ashes of Johnny Bartlett, and she's very it, much still in yeah, love. Like,
0: like, you have to know that they try to, like, mislead you and make you think that it's, like, the ghost of her father, like, en- enacting revenge. But you have to know, like, right away, you would have to be, like, a real dummy not to put two and two together that it, that it's Johnny Bartlett. Because the first thing the mother says is, I am not going to have you do Sins of the Flesh. So that would mean that she would be banging her dad, ghost banging her dad. Yeah. Or, it's Johnny Bartlett. Like, just tell us... Don't lie to us. Tell us right away that it's it's Johnny Bartlett.
1: I also like how her mom doesn't even know or notice that the ashes that she has in her room are Johnny Bartlett's. Like, she never bothered to dust off the...
0: No, I tent. think she does. Oh. That's why the mother keeps her tied up there. The mother is... Jeez. Like... <laughs> The mother is so like mean, but she's also easy go- going. She's like, "What are you doing in my room?" And she's like, "I'm gonna make you coffee." Oh, okay.
1: Okay. This
0: what are you doing here? Oh, I was gonna do this for you. All right.
1: All right.
0: We gotta talk about the romance.
1: It goes so fast.
0: Yeah, like her husband dies two di- and then two days later she's on a date with Frank.
1: Yep, they're at a re- they go to medieval times, but not medieval times.
0: Like, like. Medieval on the green. Like, yeah. Like, it's a fancy restaurant, but then there's, like, wenches and knights and jesters and minstrels. Like,
1: But there's no jousting.
0: There's no jousting. So, so it's, like, medieval times without being medieval times. And their date... So, she asks him there to go to dinner because um, her husband... Is is you know wants to talk to her again, so the husband's like it's our anniversary. uh He says it's your anniversary. Oh yeah, it is. Like she's like it's not a ha- it wasn't a happy marriage, and you find out that she gave her husband sixteen thousand dollars for him to invest in something, and I guess like
1: he's like oh I invested it poorly or something, and and he's like I'm gonna get it back, and then Michael J. Fox is like he lost it. <laughs>
0: You dick! Uh, no, he did the right thing because you lied to your wife because you're a bad man, um, and she goes, "This is totally like him." We had a very unhappy marriage. Why are you telling Frank this? You literally met him two days ago.
1: Also, you know your ghost husband's right there.
0: No, remember he said that. Uh, um, oh, he left. He left, even though he was right there, and um, he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna move back into the house and, and." Um, take care of you until we get this whole being dead situation under, like, control.
1: He makes it sound like he's like, yeah, I can return to life. It's just, yeah. just it's a process, like anything else.
0: Yeah, he, he makes it sound like he has, like, like, hepatitis. Or, like, I have the bubonic plague, but don't worry.
1: <laughs> I'm getting better. And he's, like, steadily leaking more ectoplasm to a disgusting
0: amount. He Okay, so when the Reaper kills him his His is like the scariest one, like the the judge gets cut in half, and um Stu just gets the sickle through the head, but he he gets his face ripped off, and that's what always scared me as a kid his death like his ghost death and um then his agent corpse. and agent Danvers like death were the two things that always like freaked me out in this movie
1: I laughed. When Danvers died, because like, because it, it's comical because, so. After you find out Patricia's is a, homicidal f- maniac.
0: Yeah, she is cray cray. And
1: still with Johnny, um, they are attempting to get rid of his ashes by throwing them into the, um. You have to bring.
0: You have to bring it to consecrated ground.
1: To throw it in there, um, Agent Danvers shows up, kind of spoils it. He throws, Bartlett's ashes out, and he's like,
0: "Let me guess." You need to get this to holy consecrated ground. And if I were to open it and let it go, that would ruin things for you. I love his delivery. Like when he opens it and he just goes. No! (laughs)
1: Oops. He's such an ass. And Michael J. Fox even says like, God, you're, you're such an asshole.
0: And then he shoots Michael J. Fox with a fucking
1: Uzi. Three times in the shoulder
0: is it the shoulder or the arm
1: uh it's like in
0: it's close to the femoral artery
1: yeah he's he's like not doing so hot by the end and yeah um so i gotta stand off and he's gonna kill him but patricia comes up behind him and
0: yeah i always thought it was cool what michael j fox did that's why this didn't like really bug me as much because michael j fox finds like a hole in the ground sticks his foot in and then just falls back because she clearly was gonna kill frank um And then the bullet just goes right through Danvers' head.
1: It blows his head off, but his ghost head remains there. And it's like, he's so shocked. (laughs) He's like,
0: huh? A woman killed me? My shrink said this would always happen, and I never believed him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's wearing, he's even wearing a lead... Breastplate.
0: lead breast well, breastplate pa- so that ghosts can't read his thoughts or, like, there can't be any physical paranormal mind control. This is
1: the man who's taken every precaution and he was killed by the one thing he fears the most. A hemorrhoid donut. Yes.
0: <laughs> he has a hemorrhoid donut. Like, like you think that he's, he gets into the car and he reaches into his pocket and you think he's going to pull out a gun and blow uh, Lucy away. And he takes out a hemorrhoid donut and sits down and... Um, she starts yelling at him and let let him go and he turns on the radio and Sonic Youth is playing. Sonic Youth would not be playing. No. Sonic Youth Sonic Youth is like something that you would listen to on your own. It wouldn't just randomly come on like a pop station.
1: But um <laughs> <laughs>
0: What?
1: I, I the hemorrhoid donut's getting me.
0: Oh, when he sits down and he goes <gasps> oh, 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 oh. It's like, ew if it's that bad you shouldn't be working this investigation
1: go see a doctor
0: i saw a doctor and he told me not to work this case but i gotta i gotta to make mama proud
1: Ooh. also he has a ridiculous that that uzi he has is a ridiculous sidearm
0: oh yeah like where the hell did he get that uzi
1: i got it from the last nazi death cult i was at
0: it had to be, right? Like, that's where... There's
1: ha- no way they were like, yeah, you can keep that.
0: <laughs> Come on, Brother Herschel. <laughs> Give us back the Uzi. My name no. is, My name is not Herschel. I'm Agent and You're all under arrest. <laughs> he just kills everyone. Yeah. He looks like that type of guy who's like, oh, I saved the world.
1: In his own mind, he's the greatest hero.
0: <laughs> so, like, Michael J. Fox falls for flights of stairs he should be dead but he lands on like a hospital cot he's like Uh, i landed on my keys oh why do i have to drive a volkswagen
1: yeah um so him and lucy lucy
0: um so lucy goes uh lucy's trapped in the elevator at this time because she she um
1: yeah, but the gunfire it it uh, blasts the thing back down the elevator.
0: Right, um, so she she rushes to him, and um, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Bartlett. Johnny Barlett comes from behind. She kills Frank. Uh, Patty, not Lucy. By choking him. By out. choking him with a shotgun. <laughs> okay. And then they start getting super horny on the different instruments they're gonna use to kill. Uh, Lucy. Lucy, and this is the part that always, like, shocked me, um, because the ghost of Frank reaches into to Patty and pulls her soul out like it's, like, a video game cartridge sticking out of a Nintendo.
1: Yeah, he, it's, it's so simple for him. Like, they have to... Johnny has to transform into a reaper in order to rip out people's souls and Frank just literally slides his hand into the back of Patricia and like grabs her out.
0: Like they try to establish that Frank is like this John Constantine sort of like like
1: paranormal investigator.
0: But he has these powers that that like he can fight ghosts and he can fight evil and he's doing it in the name of the Lord, but they never go into it. They never really go into it. He he's almost like Bill Pullman's character from Casper if he had a, you know,
1: Constantine a... trench coat.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Cuz he does have a Constantine trench coat. He goes to the the cemetery handing out his business cards at funerals in that trench coat. So he kind of is like Constantine.
1: I'll be the more funny comedic one.
0: Yes. So, um he effortlessly kills Patty. <laughs> like he just rips her out like like as I said before, it's it literally looks like he's taking a VHS tape out of a VCR or like a Nintendo cartridge out.
1: Yeah, and so he's they get pulled towards the light, uh, and that's how he gets Johnny because he does care legitimately for Patricia, and so they're going up the long tunnel,
0: the the corridor of souls.
1: Yeah, and um, so Frank, corridor of life. Frank gets to go up.
0: Yeah, to heaven, and they get the the. Freight train to hell or the express train to hell, where a bunch of tiny worms eat them. Where well, you... it looks like that sandworm from Dune, <laughs> yeah, and then it dives back into hell. And uh, th- th- this is where Chi McBride and uh, Jim Fife are back, and they're like, uh, step out of the way, Frank, this could get messy. And um, uh, his wife just appears, so I pointed out to you in heaven, his wife is there. Stew's there Chee McBride's there Where's the judge? Where is Lucy's husband? Where is the news editor? Where is her reporter who died? Like they clearly are in hell Yeah
1: Um. so the judge earlier When they're in the Egyptology exhibit When the reporter dies uh, He starts to bone one of the dead corpses
0: Yeah one of the mummies She's like oh she's got nice teeth mm. I, I guess that was a standard for the old west I'm only gonna have sex with this prostitute if she has nice chompers. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, uh, there's also one insight into his character that we don't need to know, which is, uh, I like it when they lash still.
0: Oh, God.
1: Uh, and he's like, they don't call me the hanging judge for nothing.
0: Oh, uh, God. Uh, yeah, you're definitely in hell, man. That's why he didn't want to cross over. Yeah. And, he clearly, or Pete, uh, Pete Dobson is the actor who plays him, but Lucy's husband, um, he clearly is in hell. Because if if you listen to his story, it kind of sounds like he embezzled money.
1: Yeah, you also hear from the preacher at the funeral. He's like, I never knew him. Uh, he certainly didn't treat other people that well. But I'm sure deep down he had heart of gold.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it has to be true. Why would he lie?
1: <laughs> like he has trouble trying to sugarcoat it.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh man, what can I what can I say? This guy Cyrus was the name of Chee McBride's character. Cyrus, Cyrus, not Luther. Um Ray. Ray was was Melanie's husband. Um Ray clearly is in hell. Yeah. He's clearly in hell. We didn't even talk about like the, the pranks that Frank has his ghosts do to try and drum up business. Like for the Linsky house, he has them. Uh, lift up her bed and and mess around with the lights and throw plates. But her bedroom...
1: Okay, she has a raggedy and all, and her bed is like a child's bed.
0: Yeah, it's like a queen-size, like, if you watch Full House, like, Michelle's bed on Full House, it looks like a little house.
1: Someone has some unresolved issues.
0: And she has, like, a child's quilt on her bed.
1: Like, she never grew up fully?
0: It's very, it's very weird, um and um frank when he comes over i love how he pulls out a gun and she's like <gasps> and he goes this is where he, this is his one michael j foxism this is like when he he is the most like michael j fox he just goes holy water <laughs> like <gasps> it's holy water like in the michael j fox yeah. tone but everything else he's very he's very tom cruisey so Do you know who uh, they were going to get if they couldn't get Tom Cruise or Michael J. Fox?
1: Uh, Oh, you did say it, and I forgot it.
0: Yes. Well, there were two. I told you one, but I didn't tell you the other one. Your line is, I would like to free the genie. Anytime now. Now, guest actors in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, who were... In this whole Michael J. Fox, Tom Cruise camp. There's three actors. I'll, I'll only... I'll Jonah Depp. No, no. But you're on the right track. One of them is very outspoken about certain things, political things. Matt Damon. Matt Damon wasn't even an actor at this point. Mm. Matthew Broderick. Oh,
1: yeah, you did say that.
0: But the one I didn't tell you, the two I didn't tell you, Charlie Sheen, oh, which, thank God, yeah. But John Cusack,
1: Cusack ooh, he would have been good.
0: Yeah, he would have been great. Cusack would have been good, but Michael J. Fox is is definitely the best. Um, and this this is my f- favorite Frank part is when he takes out his little, uh, um. It's the little bag. Oh, the baggie. The bag with ghosts in it. and He just puts it into uh, the. It's it's his Peter Venkman moment. Like when he goes to these houses solving these crimes, it it's almost very Peter Venkman like.
1: Yeah, he has all these inventions, and we don't know what he did before he became a paranormal a, investigator. Yes,
0: we do. He do was we? a he was a uh, architect. Was he? Oh, yeah. He okay, was building yeah. the, he was building the house. And oh yeah, because he still has like the sketches and everything he's right doing. he was building the house, and his wife and him got into a fight because he put in a basketball hoop where he was supposed to put in a garden for her,
1: yeah,
0: and then they get into a fight, and she dies, but that's what happened, and then uh she uh you find out that he got rid of the basketball court and put in the garden for her.
1: Yeah, he filled it in with soil and Yep. It's very beautiful other than the rusted basketball pole.
0: I actually like the rusted basketball pole. I mean it has a it has a nice It works. It works. Um Yeah, I gotta say, the one thing that I love in the the whole um every time he goes to a house he says the same thing. He's like, Ah uh ecto trauma from past life or something like he says the same thing every time he enters a room. Spontaneous recurrent psychokinesis. Oh, boy. Oh, this could be the worst case I've ever seen. ...that his ghosts were in. And I just love his whole conman shtiel. Shtick.
1: Yeah, and then the second house you, he goes to, he is ratted out by um, the newspaper.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I feel like as a whole, this movie is just very solid. It got bad reviews when it came out, but I honestly think this movie was poorly received... Cause nothing like this had ever been done before, like you never really had. I I remember Roger Ebert was like, "Is it a horror movie? Is it a comedy? It it it, it needs- blurs the line. Yeah, just pick a genre." Um. I I honestly think this still holds up. I think most of the CGI for the ghost work, the the stuff in the beginning when the the Grim Reaper is going through it, the walls, don't really hold up, but.
1: The only part I really like about that is when he's crawling up the stairs.
0: I actually like when he's uh, in the carpet and she shoots with a shotgun. Oh, his head off. Yeah, she shoots his head off. Um, does this hold up? I'd say it does. And what what are your favorite like things about this movie? Michael G. Fox. He's just so good. He's really good in this. And... I'm glad that like he followed this up with going to Spin City. He he went he's like I'm not going to do movies anymore cuz you have to think about it. He had to fly all the way to New Zealand with his health deteriorating and he had to do like this movie which was very labor intensive. You could tell like just just looking at all the stuff he had to do. He had to um do the motion capture for the ghost stuff. He had to um basically do a lot of stunts,
1: yeah, and on him, especially when he he knows he has parkinson's it's it's gotta wear him down
0: yeah this movie clearly was the film that took a toll on him, but I think it's it's probably his best role it really is it it's such a layered performance, and it's a Michael j. fox we don't see, so now we have to talk about the ending
1: that's weird, um so after. Everything happens, and he's in heaven. You find out it's not his time, and he gets sent back because they just. Stu literally says, "Oh, it's been decided. It's not your time."
0: The pow- the powers that be, he says,
1: have decided it's not your time. So yeah. he gets sent back with an arm full of bullets.
0: <laughs> I I guess like well, if you look at his arm, he, I guess like they use their ghost powers, their ghost physics, to heal his wounds.
1: Um. So he ends up getting in a relationship with Lucy, and they watch as his old house is
0: destroyed. And that's when the chief is like, what do you know about Ouija boards? I thought we could write a book together about about what happened.
1: There was a bunch of them in Patricia's room.
0: Um, honestly, he should have done it. Michael J. Fuck should have done it. Like, just write the yeah.
1: Just write the damn book. Make the chief happy. It'll get him off your back.
0: And you'll make a ton of money. <laughs> um,
1: so that happens. Uh, he's like, no, I'm fine. And...
0: Maybe your guardian angel can help you, and it's Danvers in the back.
1: Yeah, he's in the back seat. <laughs> they don't show you at first. It's when he's driving by, and where it's also revealed that Lucy, now having been through a traumatic experience, can see ghosts too.
0: What they should do is they should write a book together and then screw over the chief. That's yeah. what you get for arresting me.
1: Yeah, and dispersing my good
0: name. So I need to talk about Jim Fife, who plays Stu. I was telling you, in the early 90s he he did these hbo specials um called like buy me that or i want to buy that and it, it would be like how they uh had all these like uh commercials aimed at kids like toy commercials cereal commercials what they would do to make stuff look good but then he followed that up with um <laughs> he played a how do i put this delicately on the t v show Smart Guy, he was on the very special episode where he played a phone. A <laughs> he played a guy who lived in his mom's basement who sold video games to kids and would give them pizza and soda and then wanted them to take photos with him
1: <laughs> yeah, he did
0: that after he played stew in in the frighteners but now he's like a comedy writer. It's just... It's very... um. It's very weird that they would cast him in that role after seeing him play such a good guy in this one.
1: Anything they should have cast as the 50s dweeb or the professor.
0: <laughs> yes. Hey, Spaz. He was also on uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent, too. Oh,
1: God. Was he a criminal?
0: Yeah, I guess. Oh. But it was Criminal Intent, so it wasn't like SBU where it was creepy. Okay. You get tr- like the cool white collar crime. Yeah. <laughs> Insider trading.
1: <laughs> I embezzled money.
0: And then I killed a guy. What?
1: Oh, uh, nothing. But it was cool. I used a steak knife.
0: Like all of these people have been on um uh I think Lucy Lucy uh Trini was on Fringe, Chai McBride was on Boston Public and some other T V shows, and Michael J. Fox, of course, family uh family ties. Uh what else? Spin City, which is one of my favorites, and then the, the Good Wife, Rescue Me. Like, like a lot of TV actors are in this movie. And then you have Jake Busey. I'm Jake Busey. Yeah, Jake Busey is so crazy in this. And I told you that it took me, like, a few viewings to realize that his head... Like, I thought... I was like, oh, my God, did they add another Hitler haircut on oh, yeah, someone?
1: When he goes into uh, his actual ghost form.
0: I realized like years later that he's bald and it's it's from the electric chair i didn't realize that until i saw the green mile that that he's bald and it's just scorch marks from the electric chair but surprisingly the pattern they made was another hitler haircut (laughs) this movie should have been called michael j fox and the hitler haircuts
1: yeah it just like a bunch of like spectral hitler hair in it's
0: very it's very disturbing i mean it makes sense for jeffrey combs's character but why did the fat guy in the restaurant? Why? Why did he have a Hitler haircut? These are the questions. God damn it, Peter Jackson! Write to us. Let me know.
1: Maybe he just really wanted to do a movie about Hitler haircuts.
0: I guess and he's it,
1: like, I'll never get the funds for this, so I'll just put two guys in with this.
0: Oh, and we didn't talk about Peter Jackson's weird cameo.
1: Oh yeah. So I, this is a trend for him, where um, because and I think it's I don't I haven't seen his other earlier works, but in this one. And in Lord of the Rings, uh, so this one he's walking by and he's bumped into because uh, he's like this nerdy well in the streets who's he's dressed in all goth clothes.
0: Uh, piercings. No, no, he's a biker. Oh, I, well, he does have piercings. Right, he had, he has piercings, but he's a biker. He's got a biker jacket and he's got a shirt with a grim reaper. He's clearly just like a hells angel type of guy. Yeah, he's so like Michael watch D. it, guy.
1: Yeah, and then um, in the first Lord of the Rings movie, in the Fellowship, when they're going to the prancing pony in. He's just one guy walking in the streets towards them who I think almost bumps into or bumps into and he's eating a carrot and burps. Oh, yeah. So he's always like some disgusting pedestrian on the streets. And in
0: Hot Fuzz, he's Father Christmas. Is he? Yeah, he's Father Christmas who stabs Simon Pegg in the hand.
1: Oh, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson, Um, he's the only one in this movie who has a New Zealand accent. <laughs> like, like he bumps into him and he's like, Hey, watch it there, governor. It's
1: like, what? nothing
0: gotta go play with the kiwi
1: birds
0: (laughs) ignore me this is totally massachusetts you know
1: with its luscious rolling hills and like snow-capped mountains in the distance
0: look the Buggleberry fairy it's like god it's it's they're
1: trying so hard to do uh, uh, massachusetts face when it's very clearly new zealand
0: yeah um how many bagels
1: Okay, so out of thirteen, yep. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna take out three, so there's ten.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm doing the same. This is one of my favorites, but it is very flawed. Um, I think that the whole like this is a very of its time movie. It's a very '90s movie. There's VHS tapes. It doesn't age well. In certain respects, and in others, it ages really well.
1: Like there's some. For me, like in set-wise, that um, there's some sets like the museum I like, and uh, his house that you visit, where it's like half built and everything. But like, there's kind of like a Tim Burton '90s aesthetic going on in some parts of it, like uh, with Lucy's house. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I don't like that either.
1: It kind of feels like he wanted to go in that direction a little bit, or had trouble. Um, um, some of the CGI does not hold up.
0: But but this is a fun movie that you should so watch. Fun. You should watch in Halloween. This came out in the summer. It came out in like July or June of 96.
1: But it's just... It has the... If it's a rainy fall day, then this is the perfect one.
0: Yeah, this is just a great movie. Um, How how would have you felt if they did cast Tom Cruise?
1: I definitely would not have found it as charming um, if... It was Tom Cruise. If if Michael J. Fox just adds that X factor,
0: uh, like uh, the only reason why I keep bringing it up is because like when I read that, I was like, "Really?" And then like I I rewatched Michael J. Fox's performance. I was like, eh, "It's kind of Tom Cruisey." <laughs> like there are moments.
1: A little bit, but I would argue that Michael J. Fox just takes it to a better better place.
0: Just just like the the one liners when when he says, um. I gotta have an out of body experience, or like, like
1: yeah, that's like a very Tom Cruise, like, okay, I don't know, you, you're being a little edgy here,
0: or like when he's like, Uh, you're dead. It's not my fault you died in the 1970s." Like stuff like that is.
1: Yeah, he's, he's just a little bit of a dick, Ethan.
0: Ethan, very Ethan Huntie. Um. Oh, Ethan Hawke would have been a great Frank too. True. Yeah, like, so uh, we've come to the end, and we're done with Shocktober. This was the last one. This was a special one coming out on. Halloween. I can't believe that I got to sync it up so that it actually came out on Halloween day. <laughs> um, so for November, we're doing 90s literary November, and we're doing famous books that were adapted into 90s movies. And uh, yeah, we have some really great ones, and I don't know what order they're coming out in, so I'm not going to tease what the movie is. Cole, thanks for being here. No problem. All right, until next time, I am Scott Carlin. Bye. Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket, at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them.